for everything everything that you've done this morning because God we know we know that you are able we know that you are able you're able to heal you're able to cover you're able to protect you're able to provide God you are able Well, if he's able and we're willing, we're going to see some very, very good things. Amen. Now, willingness has a lot to do with being a, a, a conqueror in the kingdom of God. I know the Sunday school is going into uh, talking about the weapons uh, and how they can apply to our lives. And you know, it's good to know about your weapons at a very early age because uh, and you can start using them and uh, I was thinking about going to uh, school for hunting deer or small game hunting and they'd run you through the program of using your rifle and how to use it and how to be respectful to it and all those things and I think we need to understand that our kids need to know about the weapons of our warfare. You know, they're just not little BB guns. They're very, very powerful to stop the enemy in his tracks, turn them around, put them on the run. And uh, I was thinking about Jesus. He was always talking about the kids. And he said, don't, don't let the little ones let them come on to me. I was thinking about that and I was looking at Afghanistan this last week or two weeks, last month, and I was thinking about all of the people with guns, rifles, talking about the $85 billion the United States gave Afghanistan. I do not agree with that, but the fact is, when they were showing the pictures, I seen all the little children. And I thought about those little children and the thoughts they had as they were going to, they're going to stay there. Not all of them are going to be transferred to the United States or elsewhere. We need to understand that God wants to bless the children, give them understanding that in God we trust, not in anything else, but in God we trust. And, and uh, you know, you can have your religion but I want my God, amen. You can have your religion, but I want my God. And he's the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, the God that gave us tremendous truth and freedom in the Bible. And I think it's, it's an honor and a privilege, especially after 9-11, uh, which was yesterday, um, the many people that, again, respects something that makes sense you know it doesn't make sense you know I was talking to an individual I said well there's only two areas the one said that the thief come to rob kill and destroy I said that doesn't make sense but Jesus come to bring life life more abundantly so now that makes a lot of sense to me I got a little grandson he's he's five right now and 
and I'm always trying to make him laugh, and, and he's always asking me, why does everything have to be funny, Grandpa? I said, I don't know, I just think it's kind of cool, you know. And, uh, but I said, well, you know, there is one thing that makes sense. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, Jesus makes sense. And so we have this, we have this area. I said, well, what makes sense? Jesus makes sense. I said, that's right. Yeah, I appreciate that. So uh, thank you. Uh, we are very happy that you're here. We're going to have an opportunity to sow into the kingdom with our offerings, tithes and offerings. A tithe is what God kind of gave us an understanding of how when we tithe, that he can open up he can open up different things and bless us majorly kids you are dismissed it was just uh, not a word just in flight what you yeah yeah well we're kind of working on that right now I got kids running out and Danny got his check and I got that going okay so we get an opportunity to give into the kingdom of God with our tithes and offerings. And we want you to come. We don't want to come and get. We want you to come and, and give your offerings to the Lord. Are you going to come up here? Oh, yeah, that little, the little guy. Yeah, Is that Maverick there? Yeah, he's, he's heading in the right direction. About four more doors down, he'll be there. All right. So if you're going to give today, you can make it out to the community church. God bless you in your giving. And uh, it's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, David, he said, boy, I tell you what, if I could just get over to the house of the Lord, that would be pretty cool. And uh, I think Jesus was always dealing with the house of the Lord, you know. Whether it didn't look like a house per se, or and sometimes he was in great places that look like a, a house but really the house of the Lord is where the heart of the people are and uh, we need to understand our hearts are very very important to the Lord and uh, uh, I, I just uh, Sandra and Mary and the girls had just uh, her mama just went to heaven you know about two three weeks ago and it was still about the house of the Lord and uh, right at that time when she left to go to the Lord, there was some kind of a spiritual exchange and all the girls were there and they, they could see this spiritual exchange. And I'm going, how cool is that? You know, and sometimes we're trying to get into grief so much, we have to find out we get into the glory of the Lord because that's where she's at now and, and all of the believers that she's, uh, made contact with, probably led them to Christ. Uh, now she's part of that, that glorious bunch. So praise the Lord. All right. Yeah, can we say it? Well, let's say it together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Kind of get you. I remember Dave Seberg out in the parking lot of Permida and Detroit Lakes. Dave is very vocal. And uh, I was trying to be a Christian, not quite so vocal. 
And I'd be on one side of the parking lot, and Dave would be on the other side, and he'd holler, Jake, 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 can you say praise the Lord? What do you do with that? I mean, you just, you know, I didn't holler back, no, I cannot. <laughs> so I, I knew how to give him off of my back. I said, praise the Lord, and that was it, you know. So I appreciate Dave. And I appreciate our, our life in the spirit. He's given us that. What a wonderful, wonderful thing that we've accomplished by trusting in Jesus. I was hearing all powerful. I don't want to worship a half powerful God or a quarter powerful God or you know, an eighth powerful God. I want to I worship the all powerful God. And so that's who we do worship. And he's given us a tremendous book called the Bible. And as we read it daily, if possible, it'll change your life from glory to glory to glory. And so uh, I'm excited about the word of the Lord this morning. Uh, we've got a lot of different things that are going on, especially in these next couple of months. Uh, <clears throat> anyone that is considering Bible college, if you're considering that, we're going to be starting that sooner than later, hopefully. But we want to get uh, everyone involved in it from different parts of the country here. So this morning, I just want to talk to you on September 12th about the goodness of God. Is God a good God? Yes, he he's, he's a good God. And I've always thought about this scripture where it says that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Repentance means to turn from to turn to. So I turned from something to turn towards something, and I find out that it was God's goodness. And of course, as you read the Bible, especially from Genesis to Revelations and trying to put this all together, sometimes you'd say, well, is God good God, or is he a mean God, or is he a judgment God, is he a a God that we could never please. But the fact is, God's a good God, and uh, he gives us a big perspective or a narrative, a picture that's saying, I'm a good God, you know? And sometimes when I'm raising my grandchildren or raising any grandchildren or being nice to kids or not nice to kids, I'm always in my thoughts. I said, so what am I doing here? And sometimes you have to change your battle plan uh, to another, another aspect of spiritual warfare, working with kids. But I certainly love to work with kids. And I, I just think about um, on the border of Mexico, when all of the kids are coming over, we're always interested in all of the people that are coming over, the adults, the parents, the uh, they really capture the, the big picture, Afghanistan, the guys with the guns, gals with the guns, usually guys. Uh, they're capturing it, but the fact is the capturing of what needs to be captured is the children. Bring the children onto me. That's, that's God's, and you say, well, you think that, you think that the Taliban would, you, the children would win over them? Absolutely. Jesus said, just bring the little children onto me, 
and I'll make it great. I'll make something so powerful that they won't even understand what hit them. And uh, uh, in, in Mexico, what I was talking about, uh, Jacob, we have a little grandson, and, and uh, I was looking at his foot. It was sticking out under, from the blanket, and I said, how important that little foot is. And, you know, like when you see them sleeping or their hands out or something, you say, how important is that to the kingdom of God? It's all important. You know, I'd rather see that than a gun. I certainly can say that. But the fact is, is that's how we need to pray. That's how we need to believe that God can intervene in any situation. And uh, we've been talking about prayer. And he said, if you get a hold of God in prayer... He will stop everything else and he'll listen to your prayer. That's how powerful you are. And I'm not just talking about, oh, yeah, the pastor can do that. I'm talking about every person that calls upon the name of the Lord. If you will identify, you don't have to say, I'm Kurt Jacobson, but you just identify with God and he will hear you. He'll stop everything. And, you know, he does have quite an agenda, but he'll stop everything because you prayed. And when you pray, things start changing. Amen? And that's why I believe in the United States of America, we have the freedom to change. Probably our greatest thing is, how am I going to change this year for a better kingdom perspective, what God wants to do with me, whether it be in praise and worship, whether it be in, uh, on a job situation, how am I going to uh, perceive God to pass on that perception to other people. And I think that's very, very important in these days that we live in. So in uh, Romans 2.4, it tells us this, the goodness of God leads to repentance. And uh, of course, when we, when we read that and we look at just that part of it, you're going, okay, so God's goodness leads to us turning around and going another way. And the very first time I believed, when I went up and I asked Christ to come into my heart, there was a repentance that turned me around that I went home and I told my wife, I said, hey, honey, I gave my life to Jesus. She looked at me, yeah, I've, I've heard you giving your life to a lot of different things, but uh, you know, the proof is in the pudding. And, you know, after two weeks, after four weeks, after two months, after six months, pretty soon the people at the VFW that I used to hang with, they said, well, Jake, it was almost like I was dead. He's gone. He's not going to come back. And uh, I like to hear that because the perspective of God's change in our minds and our lives changed everything around us. In one year's time, I was coming from the VF, and I was at a spirit-filled church out in Richwood, Minnesota, and I'd had two spirit-filled churches that I was working with. That was a Christian Fellowship with Jim Herb, uh, probably the best pastor I've ever run into, and uh, then uh, uh, Apostle Fred Soaring. And so uh, when you accept Christ, when you accept his perspectives and his thoughts, things change. 
you know, they just change, and it's a good change. And you could say, well, I don't even understand the change. Well, don't think I did either, but uh, I'm sure glad that he gave me the opportunity to do that. So the goodness of God, when we go over to Romans, Romans 2, 4, if you want to go, it says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Uh, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So before we go into the goodness of God leads us to repentance, it gives us an idea. That, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O oh man, you who judge that that practice such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? You know, we're just not going to get away from the judgment of God. And uh, I thought that God was, well, I, I thought, man, where I'm at and where God's at, I'm in big trouble. But it, it, it continues to go on and it just tells us in verse 4, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? So what, what is God? Rich in goodness. I love that, man. And then it says forbearance. I mean, you think about forbearance. You like forbearance? You know, rather not. You know, I want to, I'm going this way and I have to forbear. I have to be with that person driving me crazy. But you know, God is forbearance and long-suffering. Not knowing that the not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. So we have to, we have to understand that the goodness of God is a great thing, but there's forbearance from God, and then he places that on the inside of us because we're being changed into his image, right? And so it was a little tough on me understanding that I'm going to have to change. I thought, well, God's not going to change, so... Uh, and, and you start reading his forbearance and long-suffering and, and uh, uh, goodness, I'm going, man, that sounds like a lot of work. And it's been good for me because God, that is who God is. God is love, for one thing. And if you think about love, the strongest thing on the planet Earth today is love. You know, if you love you can win fights all over the place. I was thinking about our brother from uh, Norway, uh, Leif uh, Hedlund. Yeah, Leif Hedlund. He was pegged over in Pakistan as the apostle of love. Now, Leif is a very, very strong Christian. He's over in Pakistan, and he's having tremendous, tremendous results of bringing people to Christ because of the love of God. They call him the apostle of love. And now I'm talking about, you know, Afghanistan, uh, um, Pakistan, right next door neighbors. They were, we're always concerned about what's next door. But the fact is, if you take God at his word and you're forbearing, and, and you're trusting in his goodness and his love, things will start changing around you like, I mean, whole nations will change. 
And so we're real excited about that. That's part one of the parts of our Bible college that we're wanting to work in that area. The Message Bible says it like this. You didn't think, did you, that just by pointing your finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all your misdoings. Yeah, that person over there, yeah, that's a terrible person. Oh, that person over in Afghanistan, that's a terrible person. Oh, the Taliban, that's a terrible, that's a terrible bunch. And, and, and here was, this, this is uh, the Message Bible, uh, misdoing and coming on, okay, so it goes, uh, or did you think he, he's such a nice God, he would let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he is not soft. In his kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Have you ever taken your kids firmly by the hand? I always told my wife, I said, yeah, you can't give lickings in daycare, but you can take them firmly by the arm. <laughs> and of course, when you're growing up, I don't know if mom and dad ever took you firmly by the arm, but when they did that, you knew that you were going to be firmly <laughs> corrected <laughs> in what they were thinking. And so I love that firmly. You know, you grab the kids. Okay, no more. You're not going to beat up that uh, your, your good friend with that stick any longer. You're, you're firm about it. And I think God, he takes us. Okay, hold it. Stop it. You think I'm just a softie? You think I'm just a God that don't have anything going on? He's forbearant and he's goodness. But he's one that is Father God that leads, guides, and directs and gives discipline for those that are going to be kingdom winning people for this day and for this life, life that we live in. You know, whole countries all messed up. Why? It's because they got mixed up theology or they got mixed up ideas on how, what they think a God should be like. Well, this one right here really kind of gives us God's good. He's forbearant. He's uh, long-suffering. He's, he's about everything that you possibly could do. But he's not a softy. He's not a softy. Hallelujah. And I, I hardly ever get called on the job as a softy. I get called a lot of other names that might not be appropriate uh, might be appropriate for how I'm acting, but, you know, sometimes you get into the, the fray of things, and this is how it's going to go. And my thoughts always, I can say sorry. Hallelujah. <laughs> Which is a good thing. In his kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Man, I, I love radical life change. You know, I, I'm going to be 30 next week. Or, no, that's 30, 30, 10. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's six score and 10 or something on that order. But anyway, uh, 
I still want to change. I don't want to stay the same. I want to be used by God. And if I don't change, I'll give you old manna that you probably aren't going to want. I don't want the new manna. And so I think it's very challenging for all of us that we have an opportunity to change our lives according to what God's wanting to do with our lives. Amen? In Ephesians 3.19, it says this, And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. Now, I like that. Okay, so I'm looking for something. Yeah, I know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That up here, you're always trying to figure it out. But down in your heart, you're saying, no, that's not right. Whether it be towards your husband, wife, children. No, that's not right. This is the way I need to deal with this. You know, this is how I'm supposed to act and react. And you know what? If we walk in the spirit, what's going to happen is that spiritual things that are supposed to happen are going to happen. All right? Is that all right? So, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of Christ. Well, do you really believe that? Well, I don't know. I don't have to believe it or not, but it, it tells us in Ephesians, you know, that this is what we're supposed to believe. 319, one verse. I'm going, man. I'm going to be filled with the fullness of Christ. How am I looking? You know, I get, I get nervous sometimes because I forget to look at my gas tank. And I'm looking at the gas tank. And I was driving back from uh, Detroit Lakes this, on Friday. And I, I was pulling a trailer. And, of course, the truck used a lot more gas when I pulled that trailer. I looked down. And it, all of a sudden, I'm going, <gasps> I wasn't empty, but it was in my mind that how much gas do I have left? Well, you're full. The fullness of Christ. I've got it all. I'm filled with the goodness and the greatness of Christ. And every day, of course, that's not going to fill your gas tank, probably, but it might. Uh, But the goodness of God fills us with the active thought of, hey, we are agents of change. When I step in or you step in to a, a, a positional place, things change. Okay? I mean, it, if you wanted to. And, and most people wanted to, but, you know, as Christians, we're supposed to do it this way. Are we? You know, God, God's not heavy-handed. He's soft. He's forbearing. He's, he's, the goodness is not the problem. And then when you do that, it leads to repentance. I'm, I've changed. I was so glad when I stopped swearing all the time, you know, instead of half the time or a quarter of the time. It was so good. This was not just a year ago. <laughs> this took a little bit longer. But you know, the funny thing about it, he took that out of me, change, and put his change on the inside of me. Dirty jokes, I used to love to tell them and listen to them. Okay, you know, pretty soon I'd be listening to someone and what they were doing, it was so disgusting to my ears. Well, what happened? 
Is God changed me? Did he change you into religion? Are you a religious person now? Are you, you go to the right church? You go to the right place so that you can be religious? No! God takes you and he changes your heart. Your heart has been changed. You'll, you'll never be the same again. Praise the Lord. I love that. And you know what? When kids... When kids see that, kids can, they can mark a phony from a long distance away. But if you, if you give them the real you, they know what's going on. And, and they'll, they'll test you to the max on it. And I love it. I love it. Why not, kids? All right. So I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm not going to carry on too long, another three, four minutes, or no, hours, I mean... That, that's a joke, you guys can all can laugh. We don't laugh in our church. Okay, well, you're not in your church, so don't worry about it. Not unless this is your church, and then go ahead and laugh. All right, so we find out the fullness of Christ is on the inside of us. I'm filled with Christ. I'm filled with Christ. Well, if that's a benefit, I'm filled with Christ. If it's a liability, I'm filled with Christ. Well, it's a benefit. Because the goodness of God comes and he leads us to that place of repentance. And then he fills us with the forbearance, the goodness. Do we serve a good God? He's a great God. He's, the goodness of God leads us to repentance, meaning that I don't want to be the same person again. I don't want to be mean to my children. I don't want to discipline in a wrong way. I don't want to discipline out of anger. I don't want to be that person that just, you know, is crit critical th to things that really I shouldn't be. And so then I started thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, which from the fruit of the Spirit, this is what God gave us, okay? And, you know, we could go into verses like God is love, you know, and God is love. He's, he just said, you know, that's who I am. So God is love. Well, that's a pretty good deal. But what does that mean? You know, does that change my daily walk? Should. If I'm filled with Christ, the spiritual aspects that are going on, which are the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the next line is the works of the flesh. Okay? In almost the same verses, in Galatians. And so let's go over to Galatians and check that out if you would, if you want to. And it's good. It won't hurt you. Okay. Uh, I haven't trained this Bible. haven't used it for a while, but here it is. So in Galatians, it tells us some of the things that go on and, and what God wants us and how God wants us to walk. Um, okay. And as many that walk according to the rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon Israel. From now and let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Lord Jesus, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And that, that's a powerful deal. That's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to give us all the grace so that we can walk in the uh, goodness and the greatness of God. 
in uh, uh, Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. First of all, how am I doing on my love walk? I'd have to ask that question. But the question is, how am I doing in the Spirit? How am I doing spiritually, that fullness of Christ on the inside of me? How am I doing there in a love walk? You know, um, you might get angry during the day. I did this yesterday, so fresh in my mind. <laughs> and, and so you, you go through that and you get through it, but you have not repented which means to turn from. So if you got mad at someone, whether you think you were right or they were right, at, at the nighttime, you should say, I'm sorry for being that way. And, and whatever response you get, the Bible tells us to repent so we don't drag one day into the next day, into the next day, into the next week, into... How many people have held grudges any length of time? Three of us. No, um, uh, no, I see. Josh raised three fingers. He did three times as hard as all of us. You know what? You, you can get this thing going. And it could be, it could be foolish, but it's, foolishness leads into something that can be very damaging to you. And if you don't get it off your back and, and, and maybe think a little bit beyond yourself and saying, well, maybe I did something to that person that w was offensive. And I find out, I think I do that every day somewhere, <laughs> that I'm offensive. I have to figure out, <laughs> did I repent for being offensive? You know, Danny never knows me because he knows me so well that I'm offensive at times. Now, I'm Danny, but I can be offensive at times. This is Danny right up here, if you don't know who he is. And we talk and we go through, and, and it's important to say, hey, you know what, Danny, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Hey, I love you, brother. You know, that, that does everything to stop. When I, when I have people around me, I say I love you a lot. And that, that weirds them out, you know. Don't say that. But if you say it long enough, they start understanding what you're trying to accomplish. So I love you, man. I'm sorry if I've hurt you in any way, shape, or form, because I don't want to do that. And I want your family to prosper. I want you to prosper. I want to be a, I want to be a person of influence, not a person of just, here he comes again. You know, so I think it's a challenge uh, talking about fruit of the Spirit, love, and then joy. Well, we don't have to have joy. Well, don't worry, you don't. You know, joy is a kind of, I just remember the first songs that we were singing. You know, if you want joy, you must dance for it. I don't want to dance. If you want joy, you must dance for it. I don't want to dance. If you want joy, you must dance for it. Okay, I will. And you know, when you did that, it blew your mind, it blew your flesh, and you said, it wasn't so bad, it was kind of comical. I remember getting baptized, water baptized, and I had been baptized before, 
And of course, I don't need to get baptized again if I was baptized before. You see what I'm seeing, Trish? You know, I mean, I don't have to. No, the Bible says that you must believe and be baptized. Well, I said, okay, do I have to do that? Can I skip that process? No. Oh, you mean I have to go through it? Yes. How long? As long as it takes. You know, so I run down to the lake the next Sunday, and I got baptized down at Strawberry Lake. And, and, uh, and when I went down into the water, because I was so rebellious against not wanting to be baptized, God put the spirit of laughter on me. And so when I come out of the water, I mean, I had this big smile, and I was laughing because I looked so stupid. I mean, I was fighting so hard about this baptism that I'm just going, I went down, got baptized, brought up, and, and I was just laughing. And so everyone said, oh, the joy of the Lord hit me. No, I'm just so stupid that I finally got the joy of the Lord, stopped fighting God on everything, just on water, just going down and getting water baptized. And, and it was great. Except, you know, sometimes I think we, we sit there and we insist on fighting spiritual things and we take the natural and saying the natural things are the things that matter. The natural things don't matter. Most of the time it doesn't matter in anything because most of the time it's out of, it's out of a hurt that they're experiencing maybe placed from you in them and that's when we say, hey, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And you know, that's how fast that thing can go. It just leaves. And I love that. You know, it said that he'll change us. Hallelujah. So the fruit of the Spirit, and, and so we got into this joy deal, and um, my baptism w was quite joyful, uh, I guess. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, and then it goes long-suffering. I love the long-suffering. Please come over and make me suffer. You know, I was looking for it before breakfast and after breakfast. I was looking for long-suffering. Come over and say something nasty to me so I could long-suffer with you. You know, send your kids over to me and make them meaner than a junkier dog. Send them over to me because I'm long-suffering. Please don't do that. But the fact is, we have to be long-suffering in the world that we live in. And uh, we get these attitudes, and we get these prejudices, and we get politicians, politi or politics in before God. And so then you become the Republican, you become the Democrat, and whatever you are. And pretty soon, it has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with your offended. And is abortion something that I uh, hate? Yes. But what can I do with it in a spiritual matter that it's going to change people's lives? Before Christ, I didn't care who got aborted, kids died, whatever. That was just kind of, <laughs> there was no spiritual aspect about uh, abortion. You know, are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's a terrible thing because God gave me an experience and understanding what abortion's all about and what he thinks about it. And it comes from that picture when Jesus was holding the little baby in his hands and they used to have it all over the place, little baby in his hands, and he's looking down, tears coming down his eyes. 
you know, that was enough. You don't have to say anything more. I went, I went to the church and I cried for about an hour and a half and that was it. I never had the thought that I had about abortion after that experience. God will give you an experience, whether it be a love experience, whether it be a long-suffering experience, whatever it is, God's wanting to give it to you. Amen? Kindness. I just want to be kind. Kindness is a great thing. Goodness, again, we were talking about the goodness of God leading us to repentance, and faithfulness. You know, we get into this faithful deal, and you know what, I'm going to be faithful, it doesn't make any difference. If they drive me right out of my mind, I'm going to be faithful, because it's going to be worth it in the end, because I'm doing a spiritual thing, not the works of the flesh. Okay, so I'm going to go one more, uh, or I'm going to have a... Another, it talks about gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. There's no law. If you do this, it's spiritually the most strong thing that you can do. So if you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not uh, become conceited, promoting one another, envying one another. Hopefully not. In verse 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, uh, adultery, uh, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, uh, selfies, ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Okay, that's the flesh. And it's interesting, that is what we usually have on our news media at least 75% of the time. And we don't hear too much about what God's wanting to do on the earth in the spirit to everyone. He wants to do something good. He wants to do something powerful. He wants to change their life. He wants to change society. He wants to take over uh, countries. He's wanting to take over uh, families, people groups. God's, God doesn't want to exist among. He wants to take over. What? I don't want anyone to take over. You should want God to take over. Because it makes a big difference. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we do that, things start happening all around us. Uh, and, but it's a constant reminder that we have to stay there and work uh, those things, not the things of the flesh. You know, the flesh, we've, we understand the flesh. We probably all walked in the flesh before we got in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes in and, and here pretty soon God starts changing us into who he is. Well, do I want to be like God? Well, if you're born again and ask Jesus to come into your heart, ask him to change your life, then immediately God's doing the work, doing the work. Now, if you want to fight that, that's fine, except it's a much better deal is to flow in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. To sing spiritual songs that you get so so enlightened and so filled with the glory of God that you fall down on the floor. Floor time is not bad time. It's just floor time. 
You say, well, I'm never going to do that. That's fine. But I probably try to do it every day if I possibly can. God knock me down in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Show me visions and dreams that are so awesome, so powerful, so great, Lord, that we would never believe that your goodness could ever be this great. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. It leads us to a place called, I will not go back. I will stay with God. I will stay with the kingdom of God. You see, his kingdom is, is not of this world. His kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. He doesn't want earth kingdom. He wants heaven kingdom. Come on now. Come along with me. Just because I drive a Ford and you drive a Chevy, you don't have to be prejudiced against me. <laughs> See, sometimes we make this thing so difficult, but we have to stop and say, okay, Lord, this is how we're going to do this. This is the moment that's going to change me because I take that time. And if you do, you'll change. And it'll be good. Oh, you're sick today? Well, why don't, you, why don't you get convinced that you don't have to be sick tomorrow? I, I was shocked when somebody comes and says, you don't have to be sick anymore. What do you mean? I always took off two weeks for sickness. You know, before I gave my life to Christ, I always said, well, I'm going to get sick for two weeks. I'll have the cold. I'll have the flu. I'll have something going on. So I go and buy my Elka-Seltzer, aspirin, uh, Pepto-Bismol, uh, Band-Aids if I needed them. <laughs> I cut my finger. <laughs> so we plan for something that God said that he wants to do something with us is heal us. And I've seen a lot of people heal from cancer. In fact, this last, last year in this house or last two years, there's probably been four or five people. Now you said, well, what do you talk about healing? Did they go to Rochester? Yes, they did. But Rochester didn't heal them. Jesus did. And when we pray, Jesus makes the difference. Rochester was someone that God placed there with the revelation so he or she could make a difference in that person's life. Right? I don't believe in doctors. I don't care what you believe. I believe in Jesus. And if he uses a doctor... I said, if you, hey, if you want prayer today and you could say, well, I don't believe in Pastor Jake, you probably shouldn't come up here and ask me to pray for you. But if you believe in Jesus and it says that we should pray for one another and that we could ask for healing and, and healing would come if you had someone that would pray for you, lay hands on and pray for you. And you know, the Bible talks about elders. Well, I don't think I'm going to I'm going to keep this secret. Duh. I don't know where that's in the Bible. you got a secret problem because how can people pray for you if you haven't asked them and said, hey, this is what I'm battling. Has anyone ever stepped into the, your arena and helped you to be a better person, to help you to be someone to say, hey, you know what? We value you so much, we're not wanting you to get taken out by cancer. We're wanting cancer to be taken out in the name of Jesus Christ. Linda, today, I just believe again, as we prayed yesterday and as we continue to pray, that you're totally healed. You know, 
mind, will, and emotions. Isn't that what we're, I mean, we've taught all that stuff. And so then here Jesus comes in because we're believing something. You know, I was talking to this one guy, well, you just have to believe. Well, what do I have to believe? Well, I said you have to believe that Jesus can do anything and everything that he says he can do. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you believe that? Well, I'm thinking about it. But you see, that's, that's how we have to convince people. We can't sit around going, well, I'm not going to say anything because they'll, they might be offended. <laughs> well, you know what? You offended and die. Offended, listen, and live. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, you're always going to have an opportunity for someone to come along and offend you. I can guarantee you that. They've got enough people around that have been created for your well-being to offend you. Whether it be your husband, whether it be your children, whether it be the dog that you brought in. He was a straggler on the street. Just when you thought he was trained. Yeah, so anyway. Okay, why don't we stand up? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's his goodness that leads us to repentance. It's his goodness. It's not us. Well, I've got to do this, this, and this, and then God's going to accept me. That's not God. He said his goodness, his greatness, his forbearance, his love, his concern towards us is going to change us. Because I don't want to be my old self. I don't want to be what God doesn't want me to be because that's why he brought one new man called Jesus Christ on the earth to break every power, every principality, every sickness, every disease. Jesus Christ came out of the Bible or out of the spirit, out of the kingdom to change every person on the face of the earth. You'd say, well, Jesus doesn't love everyone. Oh yeah, he loves everyone. He'd do anything. He literally would die for you, which he did. But the big thing is, he also rose from the dead. Yes. And he did. And in that rising from the dead, there's every power, every principality, every force of evil cannot stand against that power because it's a heavenly force coming out of the heavenlies. I see the hand of God coming out and touching you right now. Hallelujah, right now. The things that you're needing, there's something in the heavenlies that God's saying, well, will God really hear me? Yes, he will and does really hear you. And he's reaching out and, and his hand is not short, that he's not laying hands on you right now. If there's any type of sickness, if there's any type of disease, if there's worry, if there's cares of this earth that you can't carry anymore, God's saying, lay it down. Your kids are not yours, they're his. And boy, I tell you what, you lay, you lay hit the kids into his hands. Wow, strongest thing, he said, don't let, don't forbid them little kids to come on to me. And I don't know, you know, I, I love kids and stuff, but there's something about kids these days that when I look at all of the soldiers and all of the stuff that they're broadcasting for fighting and, and bombs and all this stuff, I look at the kids running along the streets 
They don't have shoes, they don't have proper clothing, they haven't been fed decent. I'm going, well, I think maybe Jesus is interested in them kids. Yeah, you know what, okay, you got a whole bunch of weapons with, <laughs> you know, they're BBs in, in the hand of most. But God said, if you send them kids to me, the world will be changed, amen. And you know, the earth today is surprising how many children are in Afghanistan, how many kids. They're, they're not overrun by just old people. In Pakistan's the same way, and those other areas. And I'm praying, I believe in China. Well, you know, China is a bad nation. No, China is a nation that needs more of Jesus. It's the greatest harvest field on planet Earth, the Chinese harvest field. Literally millions and maybe even into the billions of people have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal savior. They love the Lord. You're gonna live with them forever in heaven. So we have to watch ourselves, what we say, how we think, why we think it, and saying, God, you said you gave me the mind of Christ. We release that upon each person today. May they go with the blessings and the peace of Almighty God. May they be blessed in their comings and goings. May their week be um, life-changing. I, I want my week to, something in my week that I could say, Lord, that was a life-changing time in this next week. I, I ask that you give that to every person in here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. May you go with the power and the peace of Jesus Christ. We do have some guests here, and you can go over and introduce yourself. Be blessed. I hope that your children are great. That, that, that whole deal going on over there, they've just started that spiritual warfare. I think that's going to be very, very good for the lessons that they're going to be uh, learning. So God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great, great week in Jesus. wanted to let everybody know that we're having a youth event down in Detroit Lakes this next Sunday. Starts at 2. There'll be a big roast. But, uh, there's a group called Kingdom Youth Live and they'll be coming with worship and preaching stuff for youth. And, but we're all invited. Um, so anybody would like to show up for that, it's a free will offering. It'll be an amazing time. And it's at the Hope Fest grounds. So that'll be nice. That'll be an awesome event. So look forward to seeing you all there.
It starts at 2 Sunday. But it's going to go all afternoon, so...